It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We're here. We're uh, starting December already. Wow. Hard to believe. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, it is your uh, drive home show here in Greenville. Patrick Johnson show uh, Pirate Nation's uh, top sports station. It's great to have you along. Uh, we've got Ben baby, uh, B baby Byron producing the show today. Hey, Ben. And we've got uh, intern Dom in the hizzle today as well. Good Do to it live. Intern Dom. Yeah, we're doing it live today with intern Don. Uh, we've uh, a lot to get to here. We'll hear from Mike Schwartz coming up in a little bit. Pirate report coming your way. Uh, Pirates on the hardwood tonight for women's hoops. And uh, Ben will have an update on that and everything else going on for you uh, in just a little bit. The college football playoff expanded. At least they officially announced they expanded. And it's quite reasonable. I think it's quite reasonable, actually. The top six conferences, champions of the top six conferences in the college football ranking, will get uh, will, will punch their ticket in this expanded 12-team playoff and then the highest other six seeds. So I major show prep today here, by the way, Ben. Uh, I looked and uh, found... You know, who would go, obviously? Out of the American, it would either be Tulane or UCF. In the SEC, obviously, it would be Georgia or LSU, ACC, Clemson, or UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, Big Ten. Oh, gosh, I, I left one off here. Ben, Google the Big Ten for me real quick. You might know it. Uh, Big 12, TCU or Kansas Probably State. Michigan. Yeah, it is Michigan. USC or Utah in the Pac-12. Those would be who uh, is it. It's not Penn State. It's one of the uh, sisters of the Purdue. Perdont is in there. Oh, Penn State should be in there. No, no, no. Not in the championship game. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that, I didn't that know if hideous... you were talking about the model. The, uh, no, no, the no, 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 Just, no. No, no, no. Did I not explain that well? Let me ask Dom. I think Ben's in a haze. Today. No, you, you, no, you legit didn't explain that well. I didn't explain it well, really? Yeah. Dom, did I explain that well? Or has Ben in a haze? Maybe that should be the Twitter poll. Yeah, you were explaining the playoffs and then all of a sudden started talking about conference championship games. I was telling you who would be in it, potentially, if they were doing it this year. Tulane or UCF, Georgia or LSU, Clemson or UNC, Michigan or Purdue, TCU or K-State or USC or Utah. That's what would happen if this were in effect this year. 
And then those getting the remaining seeds, depending on how those games finished off, because then it's the highest-ranked teams that are non-conference championships teams after that, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, and then it would either be Utah or Southern Cal, Clemson or TCU or K-State. It gets a little murky there on the on the final six because of the rankings. Are you sensing a thing? Did you, with, with the possibility if we were doing it this year, with the four top four at-larges, did you pick up anything on that, Ben? Or again, are you in a haze? Well, no, I mean, I just said Penn State, and now you're bringing up Penn State, and it's like, all right, well, I, I, maybe, is this guy gaslighting me right now? I think it's good if Ben, we just don't open Ben's mic the rest of the hour, possibly, except for the update. Because the theme is this. You'd have six in this playoff, it, again, if it were to happen this year. Based on the latest rankings and who's in the conference championship game, you'd have a champ out of the SEC. You'd have a champ out of the uh, Big Ten. And then four other teams out of those two conferences. So it's really what, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten have been planning all along. Now, if everything were chalk and we were just doing it off the rankings this year, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Southern Cal, they'd all get buys. And then Tulane would be the 12th seed as the highest group of five at Ohio State in the first round, because the first round games are going to be played on campus sites. 11 would be Utah in this scenario at Bama, six. Number 10, K-State at number seven, Tennessee. And then the eight, nine game would be Penn State, eight, hosting Clemson, nine. Again, if you were basing it on just the playoff rankings this year. Of course, there's not. There's just the four-team playoff. And this does not go into effect until 24-25. It's good, though. I think this is a great thing. Uh, goes into effect again in the 24-25 season. So the first-round campus site games right now look like they would be scheduled for Saturday, December 21st, 2024. And in the years 25 and 26, the national title games would be January 20th, January 19th. So that's what, Ben, about a week later than it normally is? Because it's usually played around the 10th or 12th, right? Yeah. It's about, yeah, about a week, about a week and a half. In 2025, well, you got to go way down on the calendar here, Ben. Uh, it would be uh, on a Monday. So, yeah, it'd be back on a Monday. It's a week later than it normally would be. I like it. It's obviously going to be more money from the TV networks. It'll probably be divided among the TV networks. I like it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm down of, with it. It's kind of more than what people thought they were going to get. I thought they were going to run the 18 model, which I, I'd honestly prefer. But, uh, hey, I'll take the 12-team model. I mean – More football, can't complain. And, you know, there's the thing about paying – well, a lot of players are getting paid something now, right? And I think a lot more will get paid something. Yeah. When you got a March Madness-type bracket going on in football, I mean, that just means more money. It's going to grow the college football game a whole lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll talk about the bowl situation. I've got some ECU – Bowl thoughts. A little bit of a tell here, maybe. 
from ECU Athletics on Facebook. We've, we've got a poll up on Twitter, so stand by to update that, Benjamin. Uh, Jerry Palm does the bra- bracketology for CBS Sports, uh, but he also does their bowl projections. He will be with us uh, coming up at 535 today. Palm uh, has, as of his latest ratings for today, he has the Pirates bound for Fenway against Pitt. As you reported yesterday, Ben, Syracuse wants no part of the Fenway Bowl. So Pitt is probably the next logical choice for that bowl out of the ACC. And ECU Athletics today did something kind of interesting. Uh, About uh, 9 o'clock this morning on their Facebook page, as we wait to find out which bowl game we'll be headed to, which bowl game would you like to see ECU football play in? And it did the picture thing, Fenway Bowl, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Military Bowl, other. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that tells me, I mean, those are the bowl games being considered Well, that's right what now. it's been yeah. whittled down to. Now, I was told again today by somebody that the preference would be to play in a pre-Christmas bowl given the, the scenarios. I don't, I don't think returning to the Military Bowl is the most ideal thing, but you know, fans will probably go. It's an easy trip. I probably do okay sales-wise. Myrtle Beach, obviously, I think would be the kind of ultimate destination as far as fans getting there. Uh, Fenway is going to be interesting because that's going to be the first time that they've actually hosted the game. It's been canceled each of the last two years. And then other, I guess, would be, you know, something that's maybe out there looming like an Independence Bowl or Florida Bowls, but there's no definitive thing. What do we have on the Twitter poll, Ben? And uh, you can vote on this at 943thegame on Twitter. Update the folks on what's going on. So, so far, Myrtle Beach is leading when it comes to the fan vote, where they prefer to go bowling this year. 47% of the votes, while Fenway and Military Bowl are tied up at 21%, with other um, trailing in last place of 11%. The other bowl is a tough, yeah, that's that's always, it's been a tough bowl to get going the last few years, the other bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably going to be a, a. Well, it's got to be one of the Florida ones. It's going to be one where it's versus probably against an at-large, and by at-large, uh, probably Conference USA or lower type team, and that's not very appealing to a lot of Pirate fans. Yeah, and Myrtle Beach would be, uh, what did McMurphy tell us? Uh, Marshall. Which Marshall, I, I think Marshall. ECU fans would could really get. I, I, that's actually best case scenario in my opinion. I would love that matchup. You know, location wise, I mean, you got the history of Marshall. Uh, wasn't the anniversary of the uh, the tragic accident yes, around 50th this time? Anniversary. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, yep. it all kind of lines up and makes sense. I would love that game. Well, and they have a bowl history. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Not, not one that Pirate fans want to remember, but uh, there is one of those. So I I think all that is quite interesting. I, to me, given what I think East Carolina would prefer, Myrtle Beach seems to make the most sense. But and, and I don't want to presume that uh, that is what they prefer. But I, I, two pretty good sources have, have said you know the ideal scenario would be to play in a pre-Christmas thing. And again, John Gilbert kind of said that, uh, referencing all the things that have to have to do now from we understand the conference wants cincinnati to play in fenway right right that's that's still kind of the the smart money but i just thought it was interesting that fenway was sort of back in play myrtle's in play and 
Yeah, military, I think, still looming out there. Uh, we'll see what Jerry Palm says about all of this coming up in uh, just a little bit. Always anonymous text line. Ugh, I want to play ACC or SEC opponent or Deion Sanders in Jackson State. Take what well, you can get for right now. I mean, it's been almost 10 years. I mean, Jesus, people. I just want to see him play football in a, in a bowl game. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, Gaylord Perry, unfortunately, uh, passed today. Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, native of Williamston. Uh, died today at the age of 84. Right-handed pitcher, best known uh, for being suspected of doctoring pitches in his time. Uh, had the autobiography, Me and the Spitter. Uh, it's reported that he died of natural causes at his home in Gaffney. 314 wins. <laughs> Someone else on the Always Anonymous text line. Geez, I was hoping for a Sugar Bowl birth. That, that's, I think we all yep. were. <laughs> that might be the other bowl. Uh, 314 wins, 3,534 strikeouts in 22 major league seasons. Five-time 20-game winner for eight different teams he pitched for. Uh, Perry and his older brother, Jim, the second winning his brother combo in Major League Baseball history. While they were at Williamston High School, which is now Riverside, uh, he and his uh, brother threw back-to-back shutout games to take the Class 1A state title game back in 1955. Uh, Perry attended Campbell until signing his first pro contract with the Giants. And Campbell's mascot, Gaylord, is named the Camel. Gaylord is named after Gaylord Perry. So there you go. A lot of uh, people in our area, uh, obviously, uh, saddened to hear that today and, and actually knew Gaylord Perry. Uh, so that is uh, some news there. Mike Elko is the ACC Coach of the Year. Ben, I've gotten a few things wrong this year in my hot takery, right? That's why I don't really like hot takery. But I got a little hot take. Remember my my pick for the Reds to go to the playoffs? I was about to bring that up. That's yeah. a, that's an all-timer right there. That really wasn't a hot take. That was just trying to That's predictions, out you know. That I was mean, predictions. It's like yeah. bowl projections. I mean, you and know, after, and wrong. look, after their two and twenty-five start, they, they actually had a good record. After they squandered the first quarter of the season, they actually had an okay record. Uh but I, I thought Mike Elko looked like a guy that would uh, sell you vinyl siding and would not be a good coach. But boy, was I wrong on that. Did yeah. a heck of a job this year. I when you were bringing it up to me before the show, I didn't realize Duke had eight wins this year. I thought they were I kind know. of in a similar spot than we were. Um, no, they and they beat Wake. And I mean, Wake's yeah, pretty well, good. That, that's a big win for them. I was looking at they, the record and I was like, they kind of lost all their big games, and then they beat Wake at the very end. I'm like, okay, well, all right, Duke, you're building in the right direction. Well, Coach told me, you know, he's a long-suffering Duke football fan. Coach told me. That like those four wins are like something by like the smallest point margin in in the country. Yeah. So I mean, he did a heck of a job this year. Uh, Tom Herman is back in the American. He was hired today as the uh, coach at Florida Atlantic, twenty-two and four at Houston before going on to Texas and getting run out of town there. And the High School Athletic Association, Ben, wants to go to seven classifications. They also have given basketball coaches a raise. That was something that uh, was 
bandied about, there was a possibility there was going to be a strike for high school basketball officials because they wanted more money. Because they do the varsity games, you know, the girls and the boys games. Well, the High School Athletic Association has plenty of money, so I'm glad to see they're putting it back to the people that kind of were where see, it matters, I, really, and, the people that deserve it. And I, I did not read all that today. I just saw the headline on it, so I don't know. I mean, that the schools pay those officials. That uh, yeah, association doesn't pay them maybe till the playoffs or championships. I mean, in the playoffs, I guess their fee, you know, you pay them out of the gate before it goes to the association. I'm not speaking on that with total a total education but that seems to make sense but seven classification that's kind of interesting yeah that, that, that is that, that is strange that would seem to allow for something to be done with the charter and private schools that's what i'm guessing but maybe we'll see i, I need to get somebody on might, might talk to stevens next week about that because it'll be the lead up to the championship round and and we may have a couple teams true east teams going so we'll uh we'll see if uh, we can uh, get a hold of somebody wrangle them for next week uh i do know we're gonna have jimmy bass next week uh retiring unc wilmington ad is gonna be with us tuesday uh and of course spent some time at ecu couple of uh couple of uh ten years at east carolina so uh, Jimmy Bass, UNCW AD, will uh, join us Tuesday as the Pirates take on uh, UNCW uh, down in Wilmy World. All right, uh, four-pack of tickets, Ben. You want to do that to the Campbell game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock? We'll also throw in a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card to Caller 5 now at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. little Pirate Report for you when we come back. I still think I explained it very well, Ben, but this might be a day where my mind's moving faster than my mouth. Yesterday, my mouth was moving much faster than my mind. You probably did. I'll give you the benefit of that. You probably so you were you were not paying attention. You were in a haze earlier. No, I I, I, I swear to you, I was paying attention. I just uh, I don't know. I maybe, lost you. Yeah, maybe I lost you. Maybe I'm just maybe you're just gaslighting me or something. All right. No, no, no I'm not. I would never gaslight you. Never. Two five two five six one game. Caller 5 gets a four-pack of tickets to tomorrow night's ECU Campbell game and some Chica's, Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card there. Uh, We'll uh, have the winner for you and uh, more when we return. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Christmas with the Embers, not ELO, the Embers, and Craig Woolard, our guy, colleague. The uh, Reimage Church in Winterville will be the site on uh, Monday the 19th at 7 o'clock. You can go to 943thegame.com or uh, any of our IBX media radio stations, 1079, 107.9 WNCT, WTIBFM, uh, com. any of the uh, websites for our stations. Uh, and pick up your tur- uh, tickets. You can also get them at uh, Reimage Church. Uh, I think uh, Telco Credit Union also has uh, tickets available. I know tomorrow when we're doing our operation, uh, Santa Claus uh, in the morning, there'll be some tickets there at Great Harvest. Uh, the Embers Christmas Show is brought to you by Hardee's, Greenville Utilities, The Air Doctor, Telco Credit Union, Go Eco, Greenville Toyota, 264 Shoes and Apparel, Pair Electronics, Southern Bank, 
Uh, AmeriHealth uh, of North Carolina, Caritas of North Carolina. I know I mispronounced that badly. Specialty FDR. Shout out, Sean. Fantastic Sam's and Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service. All right. Um, winner of our uh, basketball tickets and a gift card to Chico's, Kevin and Grimesland. He's on the phone with us here. Congratulations to you, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I hope you are. Yeah, man. Doing well. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, hope it's a good new year and all of that. All right. We can start saying that now, right, Ben? Because it is December 1st. Um, Kevin, anything on your mind? Anything you want to say? Thank you for listening to the show. Congratulations on the tickets. We'll yield the floor to you here for a little bit because uh, then it's less I have to say, which is always good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can ask Ben a question. Maybe Dom, you know, they're young guys. They're hip. They're men about town. Maybe, you know, you, you might have a question you want to ask them or, or just a statement, whatever. It, the floor is yours here. Okay. Just don't get me sued. All right. <laughs> I'll keep it safe. Yeah, I, um, just from listening to the show, watching uh, ECU football this season and uh, listening to basketball games, I have not uh, had the chance to see one, I guess, now until tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really love to see the guys uh, play through the whistles and flags all the way to the end of the play. Uh, you know, try to win until they're stopped um, by, uh, by the action. Um, until the action's over. I think uh, we've missed a couple of pass interference calls, some picked-up flags um, in football just because uh, the effort ended before the, hmm. the opportunity of pursuit. Um, and um, and uh, it sounds like on the basketball court, maybe um, our hunger for, uh, for the win or for, for every drive, every, uh, every basket is, uh, you know, could, could – uh, step up a little bit so um just my observations yeah that's an interesting um, observation that's kind of interesting I, I i can not really recall any major instances where a flag was picked up in football i'm sure there was i, I do recall a couple of times where they it seems like there was one picked up in the cincinnati game it seems like there was one picked up in the uh this game on the sat this past saturday in philadelphia uh, you know, as far as the yeah. basketball, I think the idea there is, you know, it's a young team. It's it's a physically young team. And, uh, you know, as you see them get a little more comfortable and uh, figure the college game out, especially the guys who, you know, maybe even though they've played in college, haven't played a whole lot. Or, you know, in the case of like a Tabs gets healthy, in the case of these young freshmen gets uh, a little more confident and, and comfortable, you, you'll maybe see some of that. But. You know, a lot of that's going to be physicality, too. And I think once you've got a couple years in with Coach Swartz and, and what he wants to do with, you know, the weight program, you'll see some of that. You know, it's very interesting. We talked to the uh, – Cy and I talked to the uh, Campbell coach today in one of our kind of pre-conference. And, and thanks, Kevin, from uh, Grimesland. do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll see you out there. Uh, it, was, it was interesting yep, that – Yep, yep, yeah. It was interesting uh, – you know, in, in the, they took four transfers at Campbell this year, and they really haven't done that except for, you know, here and there. And I just think right now you got a lot of teams, and it shows, who are all trying to get familiar and, and get to know one another and that kind of thing. And where you're not really seeing that is UNC, because, you know, they have a good core coming back. Now they lost Manic, and they've got Nansen, who, who I think is probably – 
a different player than Manic in a lot of ways, but also a guy that probably is a pro where Manic was not or is not. And so that's a little perplexing. You would think teams that kind of have a core back would be able to figure it out. But it's just interesting. You have a lot of teams there that are not really or coaches and players. They're still all kind of getting to know each other at this point. So, um, all right, let's see what, um, let's do our pirate report, Ben. Let's go ahead and jump in on that. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU pirates, 94.3, the game. Uh, Coach Swartz getting ready for uh, the game tomorrow where the Pirates will play uh, and host Campbell. 7 o'clock, we'll uh, have our coverage beginning at 5. Doug Martin and Brian Mole will be on the show with me tomorrow. And then, Ben, are you doing the 30 minutes or is Pilk doing the 30 minutes? No, I'll be doing the 30 minutes. Okay. All right. So, Ben B-Baby Byram from 6 to 6.30 with an extended uh, Patrick Johnson quasi-pirate game day countdown type of show to get you ready for basketball. Uh, Coach Swartz, opening statement to the media today. We've talked about this before, that a lot of the things that we go through this year is the first time. You know, it'll be the last time that it's the first time. And, you know, we've gone, we're going through the first time right now, a two-game losing streak. We've lost two in a row. Uh, we lost our first game at home. And, you know, we came back yesterday and, and really tried to scrub out that game versus South Carolina State, and we'll get at it today in practice. This is Coach Swartz asked about how the team uh, responded to the loss to South Carolina State. I think we'll respond well. I hope we will. They were great yesterday in film. Uh, I mean, we were very honest. I think we're a very transparent program in terms of we go in there. I told the guys, guys, we're not coming in here just to make everything better and feel good. I said, I can't do that. I said, we got to be honest. we got to look at the film. we got to look at each individual and what we did as a team also and say where we have to be better and then face that and, and get better. And we started that yesterday, and we'll do that more today in practice. Uh, as far as how we'll respond, I, I feel like we've responded well before. Um, you know, early in the season, whether it was not playing so well in the first half, responding in the second half, you know, we lose to Indiana State, we don't make free throws in that game, and we lose the game to a really good ball club, and we come back and we win two, uh, you know, back-to-back last week. And now, again, we're going through this for the first time. We've lost two games in a row, including a home game, and, you know, now that's the challenge. The Camels have not played since Sunday when they beat Stetson in overtime in Bowie's Creek, and uh, Coach Swartz talked about how – Campbell has been playing. They've had some really great wins. I mean, uh, they've had some great wins. They had a huge win the other night versus Stetson, who's a really good basketball team. Uh, You know, they played NC State really to a possession game on the road and very realistically could have won that game. And and, and probably in their minds, they would say they should have won that game. So point being, this is a really good ball club. Uh, Coach McKeegan has done an incredible job with their program. They're shooting 38% from three. Uh, You know, uh, Clemens is a dynamic guard. They have two very skilled post players. They run a very unique offensive system that I know is very well known, but they're extremely efficient scoring. You know, in the half court, they will push the ball in transition much more than people think. So this is a really, really good ball club that's won games and lost some close games and you know we'll be really tested tomorrow night um Campbell runs that kind of uh you would easily describe it as that Princeton style offense back cuts that sort of thing and uh they're gonna be a tough uh gonna be a tough out 
Uh, it's it's going to be a defensive uh, contest, in my opinion, uh, tomorrow night. And uh, we will see. It's got, got to play good. And, you know, ECU is so aggressive defensively, or they uh, stylistically would like to be. Uh, they got to be disciplined tomorrow. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, a lot of emphasis for both sides has been put on the defensive uh, defensive end. Uh, let's uh, get an update from Ben Byram now. He's worked very hard on this. So we'll go to our guy, Ben Byram, with a uh, 94.3 The Game Sports update. And we'll come back with Jerry Palm and uh, ask him where he thinks the Pirates will be uh, headed as far as a uh, bowl destination goes and uh, some other teams as well. Uh, right now, Ben B-Baby Byram with a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. Thanks, Patrick. ECU basketball gearing up on the hardwood for Campbell this Friday in Menji's Coliseum. Mike Schwartz speaking to the media earlier today said it's hard to balance academics for the players during exam week in basketball. Sometimes we lose sight uh, as we, we just look at that two-hour block of that game, and that's obviously what you know what what we're all evaluating on in terms of the wins and losses and the results there. But the guys got a lot going, whether it be practice, whether it be taking care of their bodies, whether it be academics, most importantly, and getting ready for finals. So, you know, this stretch of four games in six days through the Old Dominion game, then a couple days play South Carolina State, a couple days play Campbell, and then we get back on the road right prior to finals for next week. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging uh, challenging stretch. As ECU basketball facing off against Campbell tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Midgies Coliseum. ECU women's basketball on the hardwood with the night against George Mason in Fairfax, Virginia. George Mason 3-5 and five on the season. The Pirates looking to improve to six wins on the season. That tips off tonight at 7 o'clock. North Carolina redshirt freshman quarterback Drake May has been named to the ACC Player of the Year. May was also named the conference's Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Offensive Rookie of the Year, while Duke head coach Mike Elko was named the ACC's Coach of the Year. Panthers defensive end Brian Burns was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Broncos last Sunday. Burns had three tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, and one pass defended in the 23-10 win over Denver. This is the second time in his career that Burns has been recognized with the honor. Thursday night football kicking off tonight. The 8-3 Buffalo Bills are seeking their first division win against they, as they travel to Foxborough to take on the 6-5 New England Patriots. The Pats banged up on the offensive line without their starting tackle. Isaiah Wynn with a foot injury while their center David Andrews is questionable for a thigh-related issue. Left tackle Trent Brown with an illness. Bills starting tackle Deion Dawkins and linebacker Von Miller are both out for tonight's matchup. Kickoff is set for 8-15. Buffalo is favored by five points with the over-under at 45-and-a-half. And the Hornets are trying to bounce back from Monday's big loss to the Celtics tomorrow night when they host the Washington Wizards. Charlotte's currently 6-and-15 overall, dealing with a plethora of injuries to its roster. The Hornets are 13th in the Eastern Conference heading into their matchup with the Wizards tomorrow night. That's going to do it for your 94th of the Game Sports Update. This 94th of the Game Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting part of student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, the latest bowl projections for the Pirates. On the other side, it's a quick timeout here at Patrick Johnson, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. 
videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on The Patrick Johnson Show with our daily pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. All right, all right, all right. CBSSports.com's Jerry Palm joins us. Uh, we uh, talked to Jerry back before March Madness. He's been good enough to join us here. He does uh, the bracketology for CBSSports.com. He does their bowl projections as well. Jerry, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's uh, really good to talk to you. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. It's uh, good to talk to you again, too. So, Jerry, we had uh, another guy I'm sure you know very well, Brett McMurphy, on yesterday. Yep. Uh, but this is all fluid. <laughs> these bowl, these bowl uh, projections are kind of changing. And we talked about it. You know, it looked like that maybe Boston would be out, but uh, ECU put up today on some social media a fun little thing where Fenway, you know, if you had a preference, would you want to go here, here, or, you know, something like that. And Fenway was one of them. You've got them projected for Fenway, not to – to steal any of your thunder, so, uh, so how, how how are you feeling about that projection? How solid is that uh, well, right now, Mister Palm? Um, I don't know how solid you know <laughs> projections are, especially. Right. Um, I just there are other options, I think, for East Carolina, um, but uh, you know Fenway seemed to make the most sense, just you know compared to where the other teams in the league need to go as well. And East Carolina could end up outside of the, of the league structure too. They mm-hmm. could end up, you know, in a place like Birmingham or Gasparilla bowl, or, you know, it's one of the bowls that, um, is not part of the league structure. It, it's nothing necessarily, uh, about East Carolina that might cause that to happen other than just happenstance. And, you know, the, the people making all these decisions, it's basically ESPN. You know, they, they own a lot of the bowl games. They televise the vast majority of the bowl games. They pull a lot of strings uh, in terms of getting the matchups that they want. And so, you know, I think Fenway makes some sense compared, you know, just based on where are some of these other teams I have going. Uh, but uh, who knows what they're actually going to do. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. It's, it's you know, it, when you're slotting the, and even with your March Madness, when you're slotting this, there are other there are other teams involved. Quite obviously, there's other well, right. I mean, there's who have d- four, desires, and and there's other considerations. Yeah. Right, there are four eight American Conference bowls. They're going to lose a team to the New Year Six, which is great for the league. Yeah. Um, but so, but that is you know means that you're going to you could have Cincinnati and SMU and Houston to deal with, and they're going to be reasonably attractive teams and. You know, there are some bowls in the Texas area that, you know, make sense for Houston and SMU, perhaps. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, maybe in the military bowl. Uh, and a lot of it depends on who the team, uh, the, the opponent is as well. Right. Uh, right. Well, for one thing, you want to avoid regular season rematches, but you also want, you know, I think ESPN would like to have, in, the, in an effort to have a competitive game, you want teams with similar records or 
to be of similar quality. That's not always possible. Um, But I think for the Fenway Bowl, I've got Pitt from Mm -hmm. the ACC. But that's an 8-4 and team, a decent team, had a good year. Um, You know, they... You know, if ESPN's looking to how how we want to populate that game, East Carolina would be a fit, but they might go uh, with a team that that's got a better record than seven and five. Right. So right. I mean, but but the, so that could be Houston, that could be Cincinnati, that could be you know, this is they're finally going to get to play that game. It's right. it's the inaugural yeah. game for the Fenway Bowl, so they're going to want to have a decent matchup uh, for that game. I think so. If East Carolina is not there. It's probably because they chose a better team from the league to go to that record. Yeah, record wise. Like, for example, Houston beat them. Uh, You have Cincinnati out there who finished third, essentially. So, yeah, I I, I hear exactly what you're uh, you're saying there, Jerry Palm, uh, with us here. Uh, You like Tulane to win the championship in the American and get the cotton? It has to do with John Reese Plumley's availability being unknown. Um, gotcha. I, gotcha. I, yeah. I mean, backup quarterback has played well, but he's a backup for a reason. And I, and I think that, you know, I like Tulane's chances better uh, if the backup quarterback is playing as opposed to Plumlee. Uh, obviously, UCF is going to go into that game knowing they can win in that building. So there's no, you know, fear of the home field or anything like that. I, that's not going to really be an issue. Uh, it's just the health of the quarterback for me. Gotcha. When you uh, look at what happened today with the expansion of the playoff, uh, where are you as as far as a a playoff guy? And and do you think for a league like the American, which is going to, you know, see some teams that have had some pretty good football recently depart, and you're going to have these new teams are going to have to. I find it interesting. Half the new teams have new coaches coming in, uh, with Tom <laughs> Herman getting hired today at FAU. Um, you know, the Dilford thing at UAB is still kind of puzzling, but um. Anyway, uh, where are you on all that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you kind of ply your trade, you know, projecting the most popular, uh, one of the most popular sporting events, certainly in college football or college athletics with the, with March Madness, and, and that's just wildly successful and, and gets seems to gain more steam every year. So, uh, how do you feel about a college football playoff, Jerry? I um, well, I'm in favor of that of the 12 team format that they introduced. I think that that's, um, I think it's fair that they've got six conference champions as automatic bids. It guarantees one of the non-power conferences at least getting into the playoff uh, every year. It puts more uh, weight on these conference championship games because champions are now automatic qualifiers, or at least six of them are. So, for example, I'm a Purdue guy. My team is playing for the Big Ten Championship. If Purdue were to win that game, there's no guarantee the Big Ten champion would be an automatic qualifier because Purdue might not be in the top six of conference champions in the rankings. They're not ranked now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things like that could carry some more importance. So the the Big Ten champion not being in in the playoff could open the door for another champion. So maybe you have, you know, the American and the Sun Belt that year because the big right. 10 champion didn't qualify. So right. I think, I think we're going to have more interesting conversations late in the season. People think that, you know, well, we're not going to be talking about Georgia anymore or teams like that because they're going to be in the playoffs, but the top four teams get by. So the top four teams are going to be part of the conversation because they're playing for a buy 
into the tournament, and then the next four get home field. So that's going to be a conversation, too. So you've got these three tiers to these 12 teams uh, and where they're going to play their game. So I, this conversation, first of all, a lot more teams will be involved because we're picking 12, not four. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the conversation is going to go on all year. It'll be much better. At JP Palm CBS on Twitter, it's Jerry Palm, self-described resident sports geek at CBS Sports. I'm not. I'm not calling him a geek. He's self-described. I get called worse than that all the time. <laughs> I know you do. I, I mean, know you that, do. And that's, that's just the, at home. That's uh, well. That's the other thing. That's just my kid. Any of you with basketball, especially. You you put out these uh, projections, which you you do a great job of doing, and then Lenardi does a great job, and then it's like all out war on you guys after you put out a projection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you get paid to have opinions, you, you better have a thick skin. I mean, that's yeah, well, that's, that's like every job I've ever had, pretty much. Yeah, um, that's true. But they, uh, you know, it's funny because you talk about the college football playoff and bowl projections. There is. Very compared to the NCAA bracket, which is really more art than science because you're trying to read the mind of a selection committee, but they have data that they go by and you've got historical trends and things like that that you can use. Bowl projections are, you know, once you get outside the New Year's Six, they're not merit-based at all. (laughs) You've got a minimum standard to qualify, but after that, it's, you know, it's it's like divine intervention to try and predict. I mean, some of it is predictable. But the fact that, that the rest of the bowl games are not really merit-based, but whatever TV wants to show, yeah. that's a lot harder to predict than a, than a basketball tournament bracket. Right, right. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I hear you. And it's, it is a TV show. That's the other thing to, to always keep in mind with any of these bowl games, uh, except for, uh, and even to a degree, the, the you know, 14 playoffs, kind of a TV show too. But there is some, there is some science behind that. I, um, I, I always call bowl games uh and i love them don't get me wrong I, i'm a bowl game guy I, I i love going to the bowl games but they're in a sense glorified exhibition yeah right i mean yeah. you know you're you're getting to play in the postseason and it's a one-off thing and you know come home with a trophy or, or you don't but it's it's a fun thing to do and it's a made for television event it's not the opening round of the ncaa tournament so, Jerry, how many more projections with the Bulls are you going to be putting out uh, between now and, and, I guess, Sunday? Well, definitely Sunday. And then, you know, at these championship games, like tomorrow night, uh, you know, the Pac-12 will get settled. That may cause a change in the projection. So as right, either right. something happens in a championship game that causes me to have to make an adjustment or I get some new information about mm-hmm. uh, where teams might be going, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, mining contacts, you know, reading local beat writers who have really good information usually yeah. about where yeah. their their school that they're covering is going, um, that kind of stuff. So I, I might make a change before tomorrow night, but definitely I would think after tomorrow night unless the results I've already expected to happen happen. And then when's the first basketball in March Madness projection come out? I did a preseason one uh, right. at the beginning of November. Uh, the first in-season one will probably be mid-December, uh, usually uh, like the weekend, maybe before Christmas. Okay. Uh, and then after the football championship game, we'll start doing them twice a week all the way through. Uh, gotcha. March Madness. Yeah. 
Well, I hope we can get you back on uh, once we get into the new year for some basketball uh, projections and all that. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, be good to have you back on. Hey, Jerry, thanks a lot. Always great to, to talk to you, and we really appreciate the time, man. Be well. All right. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, projecting the Pirates to the Fenway Bowl against Pitt. He explained the championship a lot, the expanded playoff a lot better than I did at the beginning. I, I, when I was listening to him, Ben, I realized that. You might have been right. I might not have explained it very well. Yeah, because I had saw a, 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 ch- a championship model well, earlier today. I was today. trying to figure it out, and it just I, I, I tried to do too much. I think you tried to do a little bit too much. I understand I what you were trying to much. do. I, t- I got excited, and I tried to do too much. You thought yesterday was Thursday, so we're thinking you're probably still thinking it's Friday. I was hoping it was Friday, and it's not. Actually, I woke up today and thought it was Wednesday today, believe it or not. <laughs> you don't know what's I'm, going on. I'm all I'm all screwed up. Um, Mike Oresco releasing a statement through the American, obviously pleased with uh, the expansion of the football playoff. Uh, we need to get the commissioner on at some point. Tried to do that maybe before the uh, end of the year. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout, come back, and uh, update our Twitter poll and uh, wrap up uh, this Thursday show after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. We have uh, an update on our Twitter poll. This is inspired by ECU Athletics putting out a Facebook uh, Facebook earlier today. Uh, Which bowl would you like to go to? Fenway? Myrtle, military, or other? The other bowl. Ben, what's the update on the poll? So leading with 48% of the votes, almost half of the votes, Myrtle Beach Bowl by a wide margin, trailing by, uh, or Fenway Bowl and Military Bowl tied up at 20%. They're trailing. And then other, the other bowl, uh, 12%. A lot of people fixated or uh, dead set on going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I, I, I think that's where the fans would want to wind up. I really do. Because uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help the commerce for Myrtle Beach, but I, it's a Monday. I think fans, a lot of them would probably be a little bit of a day trip situation for them. It's a cost-effective trip around the holidays. Right, I mean, but I also uh, think, uh, you know, you can get a room pretty cheap in Myrtle Beach this time of year. So I think you could probably see some folks go down there for the weekend. Uh, Thanks to Jerry Palm today. He's got the Pirates uh, in the Military Bowl in his CBS Sports Projections against Pitt. Interesting matchup there, the Mark Miller Bowl. And uh, we have uh, Doug Martin on with us tomorrow. I'll be in hosting uh, Brian Mull, talk a little uh, hoop and maybe – some golf with him. I know this is going to upset you, Ben, that we might talk golf, but it is Tiger. That's okay. As long as it's not 30 minutes of the show, like some other stuff no. here in this week. No. 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 Not You're a professional. That's what it is. Oh, stop. We're all on the same team, right? Uh, thanks to uh, Jerry Pomp. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Dom. And we'll see everybody for the Get You to the Weekend edition tomorrow.